Greetings and welcome to the Circuit Rider broadcast. Uh, we're come to a point now where we're at the end of the tribulation period. Uh, and I said this before, we're not really per se studying the book of Revelation and each chapter per se. I've just given you a, a good outline of um, a scenario about the tribulation period. Uh, there is definitely going to be a wicked day. It's called a time of Jacob's trouble, as we've been saying. Now, uh, after you got Revelation chapter 17, the woman, and that's the, the church uh, of Rome, and uh, that's where it uh, you know, appears to be on the idea of uh, a church and state uh, deal. Why, you remember the universal church is going to have her say you know, in a lot of the activities. Uh, we already see uh, the place right now about how they're building the three buildings and the plans and all that over there by Jerusalem and so forth and so on. But right now, what I really want you to look at is the idea that the tribulation period will close uh, with the uh, uh, great battle uh, of Armageddon. Uh, we see a couple of things that is being said and uh, about uh, how it's going to get set up. And so as we see that the armies uh, of the East and the West will be assembled you know, over there uh, in the Holy Land, and we understand that obviously the devils of hell is going to have a lot to do with it, with all of this. Uh, that shall be sent uh, forth uh, from the mouths of the satanic uh, trinity. Uh, the field of the battle will be uh, obviously the, the valley uh, of Megiddo, located in the heart of Palestine the battlefield of the great battles uh, of the Old Testament. Uh, there was a, there's a, a, a period of time to where, you know, these battles were fought, uh, you know, and it's interesting how this goes. Uh, you know, the location, uh, as we said, the hill of Megiddo, uh, located west of the Jordan River, and it's north, central Palestine, and it's about uh, 10 miles or so, south of Nazareth and 15 miles inland from the Mediterranean sea coast. Uh, there was uh, uh, many battles that were fought in the Old Testament. You had uh, Deborah and Barak, uh, Barak, uh, you know, defeated uh, uh, the Canaanites in Judges chapter 4 and 5. You had uh, Gideon uh, triumphing over the Midianites in Judges chapter 7. You had Saul that was slain in the battle. Do you remember that? Uh, while that took place with uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 31 with the Philistines. And then you had Ahaziah uh, why, that was slain by Jehu, uh, 2 Kings chapter 9 verse 27. And uh, there was also Josiah was slain in the invasion of the Egyptians and you see that uh, in the book of Second Kings, chapter 23, as well as Second Chronicles, chapter 35. Now, it's very interesting about this because there is going to be one big major fa uh, final battle. And, and uh, the nations uh, are going to be uh, gathered together there against 
Jerusalem against Israel. Uh, and uh, it will, this will mark the end uh, of the tribulation period. It'll be some kind of a major uh, campaign for sure. Um, now, this is going to mark, as we said, the end of the tribulation period. Uh, and I mean, the, you know, when you see this uh, about the, these forces that will be engaged, uh, uh, you know, of the, and by the way, in other words, the allied armies are going to be of the Antichrist uh, on one side against Israel by themselves. But you know what? In all sincerity, we're going to see in the book of Revelation and uh, chapter 19 what is going to take place. Uh, we will be getting into that here before we uh, get into the millennial reign. Uh, uh, why we look at Zechariah and uh, chapter 14 and begin reading in verse 1. It says, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh. And by the way, that's obviously that's uh, what's called the day of the Lord. And thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. For I will gather all nations, did you notice that? All nations, against Jerusalem to battle. And the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished, and half the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go forth. And fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. I want to tell you, I'm going to stop there because I, we're, we're going to really go through this here in a little bit. And I'm going to, we're going to read that out of Revelation in chapter 19. I mean, let me tell you what, when we look at this thing about what is going to take place, I mean, what a day that, that it will be uh, a day of the Lord. Uh, you know, the... Uh, battle uh, of Armageddon. Now, what is very interesting, and uh, we read this in Revelation in chapter 16, and verse 12 it says, And the sixth angel poured out the vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water therefore thereof was uh, dried up, that the way of the kings of the east uh, might be prepared. See the kings of the east. By the way, and I said this before, and I'll say it again. Uh, anytime you want direction from the scriptures, why you know, according to the word of God, we always go from Jerusalem. And if it's east, it'll be east of Jerusalem. If it's uh, west, it'll be west of Jerusalem. North will be north of Jerusalem. And uh, uh, why uh, why south and and uh, west would be west of Jerusalem. So it says here why that the waters there be dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. So this is how when the river Euphrates uh, is drying up, why, you know, there's something about that and there is a purpose behind it. And in verse 13 says, And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. By the way, did you catch there uh, the satanic trinity? And then in verse 14, it says, For they are the spirits of devils working miracles, 
which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Now think about that. I mean, in other words, the devils are going along here, working miracles, and they're going to the kings of the earth and to the whole world to gather them uh, to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Now what's very interesting uh, is the idea that, do you remember uh, why about uh, Satan and uh, how he went in Matthew chapter 4 when the Lord Jesus Christ was tempted? Uh, Why he took Jesus Christ and showed him the kingdoms of the world and he offered them if Jesus Christ would bow down and worship him. The idea of this is, is that really, could that really take place? Well, yes, it could be. And yes, it can. He had every right to do that. Why? Because right now, because of the fall of man, why Satan is called the small G-O-D, the God of this world. And uh, by the way, you find that in 2 Corinthians in chapter 4, verse 4. And whom the small g God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Why, we got a gospel tract that I wrote some time ago called The Kingdoms of the World. And do you know what? Why, who do you think is in control of the kingdoms, of the nations, why, let me tell you, don't you think, uh, uh, you think about that. And by the way, when you look at the administration, when you look and see about their attitude towards Christianity and towards the Lord Jesus Christ, why, you know, uh, there's a bunch of devils uh, running the country and a bunch of stuff there going on that is anti-Bible, anti-Christian, anti-God. Amen and amen. Now, the thing about this is, in the tribulation period, you think it's bad now? I mean, in the tribulation period, I mean, when the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is raptured out of here, and when all of the nations and all of that business uh, is going to be taking place, and, and you read it right here, that the spirits of the devils work in miracles, they go forth into the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of our God of of God Almighty. Uh, Behold, I come as a uh, thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And then he says, and he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. Now when we look and see about who is going to be part of this uh, great world battle, and I understand this, that, I mean, it's going to be right there uh, in uh, Megiddo, and so we already talked about that. There's going to be an alignment of nations uh, during the tribulation period, and uh, when we talk about this, uh, there will be a ten-kingdom federation of nations, which will be under the beast that constitutes uh, the final uh, great world empire. Uh, you have, number two, the Northern Federation, which would be like Russia and her allies uh, with, with the, great, the great Russia, the bear, and then uh, the kings of the east, the Asiatic peoples uh, from beyond the river Euphrates. And by the way, do you remember we just said about how 
the river Euphrates will be dried up so that they will be coming across uh, that way. Uh, and then there will be uh, the king of the, of the south, a North African power uh, that will be coming across. And uh, what, a, what a thing that that will be when they gather all of these together that will come against Israel. Zechariah chapter 12 says, The burden of the word uh, of the Lord uh, for Israel, saith the Lord, which stretcheth forth the heavens, layeth the foundation of the earth, and formeth the spirit of man within him. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people round about, when they shall be in the siege, both against uh, Judah and against Jerusalem. In that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces, though all of the people of the earth be gathered together against it. Think about this. Where's the allies for Israel? Why, there won't be any. And by the way, we understand that the United States of Babylon will be gone. And I mean, what, a, what an issue there that that will be. I mean, there will be nobody. And, uh, you, know, uh, you know, you look at this thing today about how, uh, why what you have is in the administration today, uh, some uh, the attitudes of going against uh, Israel and uh, warning them and so forth and so on. I want to tell you one thing. Uh, Israel, one day, they won't have any allies. And, uh, but you know what? I'm happy to tell you, according to the precious word of God, there will be a great victory, and we're going to read this here, coming up here in a little bit. It says this, In that day, uh, saith the Lord, verse 4 of uh, Zechariah 12, uh, I will smite every horse with astonishment, and his rider with madness. I will open mine eyes upon the house of Judah and will smite every horse of the people with blindness. Think about this. Uh, you know what? God is in control. And that's the, that's the sad thing about things today is people don't, do not want to acknowledge that God has got everything uh, under control. Uh, why, we remember now... Uh, about the uh, invasion that will be taking place. And uh, remember, uh, according to the book of Daniel, chapter 9, that the Antichrist will make a covenant with Israel uh, for seven for a seven-year tribulation period. Why, you know what? Think about this. Uh, this covenant evidently restores Israel to a place among the nations of the world, and the integrity of Israel is guaranteed, uh, you know, and, and, the, and this will... Uh, be going along until, and then at the end, why all of the nations all come up against Israel? I mean, what a, what a day, what a time, uh, what a thing that this will be. And uh, why Armageddon? Uh, there is a lot of people that have got a lot of theories about Armageddon. And uh, why, you know, it, I, I'll tell you something, when you go and read uh, uh, some of these theories. As a matter of fact, I want to I want to go one step further. Uh, why Hollywood had a movie out called Armageddon, and uh, of course it wasn't anything like what the Bible teaches. 
but I mean, you know, the thing about it is, is uh, they think that it's going to be some great battle that uh, man's going to win and everything. <laughs> Uh, it's 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 a joke. I mean, you know, when we see uh, what happens, and and the idea of it is is that that's man's thinking, and uh, you know they're blinded, as I said in Second Corinthians chapter four and verse four. I mean, and that's what takes place when a person is not born again, saved, washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Why, you know what? They're blinded. You know what? If you don't get into the Word of God and re- read what the Word of God has to say. Why, you cannot understand what the situation is. Now, what we're going to do is look at this thing here, and uh, as we talk about this battle that will be, I'm not going to uh, really go into this uh, study of Armageddon, but I'm going to go to the book of Revelation in chapter 19, because I think that this is a, a, a wonderful chapter uh, to see uh, what takes place uh, from uh, from heaven and what the Lord does. Why, after you know, in Revelation chapter nineteen, you have certain things. You have a a, a picture of what's going on in heaven. Uh, why there's uh, people and they're uh, they're glorifying God and uh, the four and twenty four elders in verse four uh, fall down and worship God and uh, all of that things taking place. Then uh, in verse 7, you have the marriage supper of the Lamb. That deals with the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. But in verse 11, why look at this and what it says. It says, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire. And on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. That's the Lord Jesus Christ, and his name is called the Word of God. Amen. You remember what uh, John says in John chapter 14? He says, For I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. In the Gospel of John, we understand about the Word of God in John chapter 1 and verse 1 through 3. You have uh, some of these cults that take those very verses out of their uh, so-called quote-unquote Bible because they don't want to recognize Jesus Christ as God manifest in the flesh. It says in verse 14, And the armies, armies? Yeah, the armies which were in heaven, followed him upon white horses. That's the church. That will be the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who's in heaven? Why, we recognize in verses 1 through 6, I mean, there's a scene in heaven. And uh, why, you know, the church is up there. Why, the, the marriage supper of the Lamb, which is for, of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, is up there. Why, the armies which are in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Why, think about that. When he comes down, brother, what a, what a wipeout it will be. Look at verse 17 here to find out exactly how, what's going to take place. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried 
with a loud voice saying to all of the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God. Now think about this. I mean, the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven. So God's saying, Come and gather yourself unto a supper of the great God. What's that all about? Verse 18, That you may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of horses, and of them that set on them, and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. What a fool. I mean, somebody that absolutely think that they can go ahead and conquer God the Creator. I mean, the very one that created them. Why, let me tell you one thing, brother. I mean, there's no man that's going to go and fight up and walk up against God. Satan himself, obviously, why is fighting a losing battle? And it says this, I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him. That's the religious. You know who that is, don't you? Revelation chapter 17, the universal church, the pope. I mean, who? Think about this here. I mean, uh, and with them that worshipped his image. Uh, both, both These both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with, uh, uh, burning with brimstone. And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth. And all of the fowls were filled with their flesh. You know what the end of the battle of Armageddon will be? It won't be like what Hollywood pictured it as. I mean, brother, it will actually be the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, did you read that? Did you look at that in verse 11? I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. He that sat upon him is called faithful and true, and in righteousness he does judge and make war. His eyes were a flame of fire. On his head were many crowns. And listen to this. The armies, verse 14, which were in heaven, followed him upon white horses, Brother, he's going to come down here and he's going to clean house. And let me tell you one thing, brother. You don't mess with God's people. Amen, amen. The children of Israel are God's people, God's chosen people. He made a covenant with them. There are covenants that God made with them people. And God is not a liar. He doesn't change his mind. There is not the replacement theology of the church took over uh, for Israel. Uh, That's a lie. Because if you get this, the armies that's going to come down with the Lord Jesus Christ is the church. Do you know we're going to be kings and priests unto God? I mean, forever and ever, we're going to rule and reign with our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to serve the Lord. We're going to be his servants forever and ever and ever in righteousness. We'll have a brand new body to be just like the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll never, ever sin against our Lord ever again. We're going to get a brand new body to be just like him. And let me tell you something here. When we come down here, 
and the end of the battle of Armageddon. Why the Lord Jesus Christ, listen here. I mean, the Lord's just going to wipe them out. I mean, there won't be no battle. There won't be no fight. I mean, brother, when the Lord Jesus comes down, he's going to wipe them out. That's going to be the end of it. And brother, let me tell you one thing. I mean, the blood will be up to the horse's bridle according to the word of God. And you know what? It will be a great big period of time for the fowls of the air, I mean, to be cleaning house and to be, you know, taking and eating the flesh uh, of all of those that will be killed in this battle. Remember that all of the nations, I mean, have gathered together to defeat Israel. I mean, to go ahead and wipe out Israel. But God will not allow it to happen. What a time. The battle of Armageddon. I mean, it'll be a great thing. Now, we understand that this is the end, uh, uh, at the end of the tribulation period. And what we're going to find out now is the next dispensation of the millennial reign. And we're going to go into this, and we're going to find out what the millennial reign will be. And uh, as we look at this thing, you know, I want to ask you here today. You know, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If you was to leave this world right now, where would you spend eternity? Would it be heaven or would it be hell? Do you realize that if you don't have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, do you know that and, and you miss the rapture if you're still living and you miss the rapture that you're going to go through the tribulation period? Do you realize that some of these things that we have talked about, about the tribulation period that you will see, especially if you take the mark of the beast, because listen to Revelation chapter 13, as we said, I mean, you've got to take the mark of the beast and you're going to have to fall down and worship the beast for you to even stay alive. I mean, alive in the flesh. And then after that, you know, you're going to have sores and, and all of this thing. You're going to be, you're going to, your, your health will go down and all that. And then you're going to end up dead. And then you're going to end up in a burning lake of fire forever and in hell. Why Luke chapter 16 talks about a rich man that fared sumptuously every day. You know, and it came to pass that he died. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torments. Is that you? I want to tell you something here. One of these days, what you do with Jesus Christ will determine where you spend eternity. Remember that the tribulation period is a time of when God's wrath is going to be poured out upon this earth. It's called the time of Jacob's trouble. And you know what? The Gentiles will absolutely, the whole world, the whole world is going to feel the wrath of Almighty God. And do you know what? You can miss it. You know, the Bible says you're in the church age right now. And the Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You can have eternal life by repenting of your sin and understanding that you need Jesus. You repent of your sin and you bow your knees before the Lord and you pray and you ask the Lord and confess your sin and say, God, I've sinned against you and I don't want to end up in hell. I want to be saved. 
and as best way you know how. You know, it's not a matter of any kind of words. It's a matter of your heart condition. Are you really, do you really truly? For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You talk to the Lord. He's listening, and he knows whether you mean business or not. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Why, I would to God that you would really consider receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior so that you could miss this, so that you could miss hell, so that you could have heaven as your final location, your final end. Oh, listen. In hell, there's burning like a fire and brimstone. In heaven, the scripture says he's going to wipe away all tears from our eyes. No more death, no more sorrow, no more tears. Oh, listen, he's going to make all things new. Why don't you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Just by simply bowing your head and asking the Lord to come in your heart and save your soul. May God help you to see the truth.